Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. His comments were so consistent with this racist distraction this fear-mongering that others, newcomers, outsiders, are making our country less safe. All right. All right. The first refuge of scandals of... Uh, of uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. It's the first refuge of scoundrels now, the false accusation of racism, when you try to do anything about rampant, uncontrolled, illegal immigration. It's just ridiculous. It's a non-argument. I'm trying to be consistent in my own mind because I completely uh, understood Arizona trying to do something about illegal immigration when the federal government was not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And was fine with them saying, all right, you defense, you've decided this isn't your bailiwick. I guess we'll do it now. Um, even though I knew it constitutionally wouldn't work. Um, does does Jerry Brown have an argument that the federal government, that the, they, they haven't dealt with immigration all these years? We clearly send all the signs that you're welcome here. 
Let's discuss the legal, the ethical, and the practical, because that's an excellent question with Congressman Tom McClintock of the 4th Congressional District of California. Uh, Congressman, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, thanks. So uh, why don't we start there? Let's talk about the lawsuit against Arizona by the Obama administration when they tried to do something about illegal immigration and how it compares and contrasts to the California suit. That's a very good point. Uh, Arizona was trying to assist in the enforcement of existing federal law, and the Supreme Court ruled you, you can't even do that under the Supremacy Clause. Of What California is doing is fundamentally different. What California is trying to do is to actively obstruct federal law. Now, that's the, the old doctrine of nullification. That's what formed the legal justification that the Southern Confederacy used uh, to try to destroy the Constitution and, and the Federal Union. It, it's this assertion that any state or local official who doesn't like a federal law is perfectly free to ignore it. I mean, it is a ludicrous theory that, that requires you to completely ignore the supremacy clause of the Constitution and the uh, jurisdiction given to the courts, uh, and uh, 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 to the very clear uh, uh, vesting of authority over immigration in the federal governments, not the states. There's no denying that both parties have been complicit in, at the very least, negligence, and in my mind, intentional uh, uh, perpetrating of, of the continuation of illegal immigration for, uh, for political reasons, voters on the left and primarily cheap labor on the right. Uh, I, I'm afraid that's true, and we're now living with the result of that. Our, our schools are overwhelmed. Our public hospitals are overwhelmed. Uh, jails and uh, 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 our, our courts are overwhelmed. You know, and, and history warns us that, that nations that either cannot or will not secure their borders simply aren't around very long. That's you know one of the points that Sessions made in his very good speech yesterday in Sacramento. If we're not going to enforce immigration law, then our borders mean precisely nothing. I was about to ask you about people's motives, but that's not fair. I'm always trying to figure out if, uh, if, if the other side, when they're making their argument, do they actually believe it's out of racism that, uh, that or, some want to control the borders of their country like every other country on Earth does? You know, it's been my experience over the years. The first person who brings up race in an argument is the racist. I mean, this isn't about race. This is in, in, in the case of the the Oakland mayor. Was it was that who you were? Uh, yeah, uh, you were running certainly. And and but, those like but, her. But, but I mean, Jerry talk, Brown. It happens any time. She did what she did was to make it possible for as many as 860 illegal aliens, many of whom had criminal charges for weapons violations, gang affiliations, robbery, sexual assaults all to escape back into our communities. And then, of course, turns right around and continues the uh, effort to disarm the law-abiding citizens in the very communities that she has allowed these criminals to escape back into. Yeah, at least one of the people she gave a heads-up to was a child rapist. So he's mm-hmm. still out there ready to rape whatever children he can get hold of. And she made it so that, that he couldn't be rounded up from jail and, uh, and apprehended uh, safely and the rest of it. It's just it's inexcusable. And I'll tell you, the people I find who are the angriest about illegal immigration are the legal immigrants who obeyed all of our laws, who did everything our country asked of them to do, who came here because they wanted to be loyal and law-abiding Americans and to raise their children as such. They're the ones who are angriest, as as, as many as 22 million illegal uh, uh, aliens try to, to, to elbow in line in front of them. I feel like there's got to be a messaging problem somewhere, or neither party actually wants to solve this. Because everything Donald Trump wants to do polls really well. 
Anywhere from two-thirds or more people agree with, we need to secure our borders, chain migration's a bad idea, letting people based uh, in based on you know what they can bring to this country is perfectly fine with like two-thirds of Americans. Th- this is not controversial stuff that he's proposing. No, and, and, and what should be even less controversial is, is the importance of the American Constitution and the utterly toxic effect that this doctrine of nullification has. I mean, Lincoln understood that. Lincoln was, uh, was fervently opposed to slavery, but he recognized his number one responsibility was to combat this doctrine of nullification that was tearing the Union apart. He understood that that is the principal doctrine that he had to confront and defeat, even at the cost of civil war, because he understood that becomes uh, you know, absolutely incompatible with the federal union of states and of, of the rule of law. You know, uh, South Carolina uh, used the doctrine of nullification to uh, uh, to uh, oppose a, f- a federal tariff uh, back in the uh, 1830s. Uh, uh, Andrew Jackson uh, basically th- threatened to hang any of them that uh, tried to defy this. This was a power explicitly given to Congress. And, and there's a wonderful line from his, uh, his uh, proclamation. He says, I consider then the power to annul a law of the United States assumed by one state incompatible with the existence of the Union, contradicted expressly by the letter of the Constitution, unauthorized by its spirit, inconsistent with every principle on which it is founded, and destructive of the great object for which it was formed. And it was that precise conclusion that Lincoln reached when he realized that this doctrine had to be defeated, and it was. And who would have thought that in our lifetimes we would see that discredited doctrine of the old Confederacy are raised again in a modern debate. Tom McClintock's the congressman from the 4th District of California. Hey, Tom, uh, we, we've had a number of people email us and say, hey, what's the difference between what California's doing and like the current situation with pot, where people are uh, legalize, states are legalizing pot? Do you have any thoughts uh, on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, commerce within a state's borders is not the jurisdiction of Congress. Uh, interstate commerce is. If that pot moves across state lines, Congress uh, has the power to uh, regulate or prohibit it. Uh, but not w- if it is grown, marketed, and consumed within a state, there is no constitutional power given to the state, of, uh, pardon me, given to the federal government to regulate it. That's what the Tenth Amendment is all about. States retain powers that are not delegated to Congress. Intrastate commerce, the commerce within the, a state's borders, is not a power delegated to Congress. Um, but that is fundamentally different than immigration sure. because immigration is specifically and explicitly uh, given to the Congress in our Constitution. Immigration law is exclusively a federal power, not a state power. And the Supremacy Clause is equally clear that the laws that are made within the constitutional authority of the federal government are the supreme laws of the land. And I was going to point out that if Jerry Brown and the uh, Looney Tunes California legislature passed a law that said, if the DEA shows up to bust a major cartel, you cannot uh, let them onto your workplace floor without you know this documentation. You have to refuse them access to your business as a state law. That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? I, I think so. Let me, let me read you from the, the actual law as, as respects uh, uh, the, the role of state and local governments in immigration policy. This is a federal law supreme under our Constitution. A federal, state, or local government entity or official may not prohibit or in any way restrict 
any government entity or official from sending to or receiving from the Immigration and Naturalization Service information regarding the citizenship or immigration status, lawful or unlawful, of any individual. And the uh, SB 54 passed by the state legislature explicitly violates that federal law. How long do you suppose this will take to get to the Supreme Court and get settled? Oh, gosh, I have, I have no idea. The uh, sooner the better. And it, it is such a clear-cut case. Now, again, the, the Ninth Circuit Court is, is completely out of its mind. I, I remember uh, Anton Scalia, uh, a few months before he died, said that every time they got an appeal uh, from the Ninth Circuit Court, he was tempted to write in overturning it, this case comes to us from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, but there are many other good reasons to overcome, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so so I, I I have you know I, I don't know what's going to happen in the Ninth Circuit, but but this is a I, I think is going to be an overwhelming vote by the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, the, the the issues are so absolutely clear and fundamental to our Constitution and to the the the, the whole concept of a federal union. So I got to ask uh, uh, again on this topic of Congress dealing with this matter finally. Why can't a Republican House with a Republican Senate and a Republican president deal with all the things that poll well that I mentioned? And I left one out, the whole DACA dreamers thing, which is I which I think is ridiculous. But polling would show everybody is uh, the vast majority of people are for letting them stay here. We're not going to boot them out. So why can't we today put together legislation that says DACA people say we secure our borders um, no chain migration, and we have merit-based, and, and we pass that, and the Senate passes it, and the president signs it, and we're done. Why can't we well, do that? The, the president has, has actually proposed that. Uh, the House is prepared to do that. Uh, the problem is uh, Chuck Schumer is not, and it, it takes Chuck Schumer's consent to take up legislation over in the Senate, which is a ridiculous arrangement that, uh, that, that I blame the Republicans for, for, for tolerating. But um, uh, I want to get back to that DACA thing for a second. Yes, the, the, the public wants the, the, the people who were brought here as children and grew up here and uh, were here through no fault of their own uh, to, uh, to get legal status. But at the same time, those same polls say, but they want it accompanied by securing our borders. And the reason should be graphically clear. Uh, if, if we uh, legalize uh, the DACA recipients, Without securing our borders, all we've done is to encourage a new wave of illegal immigration. You remember the surge we had of unaccompanied minors over the border when Obama announced DACA. We don't want to repeat that mistake. Well, and the and same arguments will be made a couple of years down the road for why we need to be merciful to the that the latest uh, you know round of really nice, hardworking, decent people who just want to live here. Uh, well, final- that was the 19, yeah, that was the 1986 uh, right. uh, immigration reform law. Uh, we legalized three million who were uh, then in the country, and we were supposed to get border security. Security. We got the legalization. We never got the border security. Now we're dealing with between 12 and 22 million. Right. And the same arguments are being made. Final, uh, really controversial question for you, Tom, that uh, you'd probably be smart to dodge. Um, I believe that the Democrat Party uh, nationwide and particularly in uh, states like California, Texas and a few others are trying to erase the requirements for registering to vote. And get as many illegal aliens in the state as possible because they want them eventually to register and to be able to vote. Would you agree? Well, well, clearly our uh, uh, laws have been uh, mauled to the point where uh, uh, illegal voting is now 
very, very possible. I mean, it used to be you had to go eyeball to eyeball with a uh, county elections official uh, uh, to register to vote. You had to swear that the information you were giving them was true. And then when it came time to vote, at the end of the campaign, after you'd heard all of the arguments on both sides, then you physically went to uh, a neighborhood polling place, looked your neighbor's eyeball to eyeball as they handed you a ballot. We've gotten rid of all of that, and we have uh, set the stage for rampant uh, voter fraud. Well, I know a group just audited uh, four Texas counties, I think it was, and came up with hundreds of illegal votes, and there are, I think, 54 counties in Texas? Um, well, there, there was a university study of uh, uh, did this past year. Uh, they go back, they do a very uh, intensive after-voting uh, uh, poll uh, across the country. They determined that as many as a million uh, uh, foreign nationals voted in the 2016 election, uh, and and they died. That, that this this was not some sort of conservative think tank. This was a university study that I think has great credibility. Tom McClintock, the congressman from the Fourth District of California. Tom, uh, thanks very much. It's good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you. Thanks for having right. me. Yep, you got it. Well. This will get settled eventually. Um, Will it? I think the obsession with the alleged Russian collusion, while it should be investigated, and that's fine. I hope Mueller does his work, and I hope he does it well. I think the collusion with foreign powers that's going on really right now is the Democrat Party with immigrants, uh, lawful and unlawful, in an attempt to get them on the voter rolls. That will change the country. Trump's alleged attempts to get Junior to strike a deal with some Russian lawyer ain't going to change anything. News of the burger-flipping robot hit the world yesterday, and now restaurants all across the country are wanting to buy one. Huge, huge uh, hit. Not surprisingly. We've hit you with that since we did it early yesterday. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Patrick was... Yeah, you probably don't need to hear any more immigration talk, but I just, I believe Tom McClintock when he tells me that. I, I question the sincerity of, uh, in general, of an, uh, on both sides of wanting to solve this. The public opinion is way with you on the four items I mentioned. There's no reason why you can't do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi have decided that the issue is much more useful as an issue. As an, I mean, if you run once or twice on, we must build the bridge to East Joville, and you get the bridge built, what are you going to run on next time? Well, this is a great, I mean, they're at a slot machine that's paying and paying and paying. This racism, this racist attack against. Our brown friends, how long will we take it? We, we can't have it. You must vote for us. We'll protect you, our brown friends. You know, and when the immigration thing gets settled and it's reasonable and everybody agrees on it and it's enforced even-handedly, et cetera, what are you going to run on at that point? Well, I just can't figure out why the messaging from the Republicans is so bad, and I think it's because they don't want to solve it either. Uh, several of them, yeah, quite a few of them, yeah. I Enough of them don't want to solve it. Right. Um, anyway, that's enough of that, I suppose. So yesterday, early in the show, maybe you didn't hear this, we talked about uh, Flippy the Burger Robot, which has become a thing at a restaurant in uh, Pasadena, California. And um, 
it, it's inevitable, right? You keep raising minimum wage <clears throat> and uh, demanding various health care, this and all the different things that come with employees for Leave something. Leave and vacation, whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. Very, you, you know, more days off and breaks and all that sort of stuff at some point. The, the economics makes sense to spend, in this case, $100,000 on this uh, burger-flipping robot. And as we mentioned yesterday, I, I don't know how many employees that would offset. I mean, even if we're talking a year, you pay for this thing once and you own it. Right. Outside of maintenance, you, you've, you've owned the thing. And you're not paying the salary, the payroll taxes, the insurance, whatever that costs you, all the different stuff. doesn't need any days off. Right. All that sort of stuff. So I'm thinking... It's just couple, math. two, three employees is all mm-hmm. to pay for. Because a lot of news outlets said at $100,000, few restaurants will want to. I don't wrong. think you've thought that over. Absolutely wrong. That is that is a beautiful example of a journalist who's never done anything but journalism. You don't understand how business works. Number one, you can. there are tax deductions for it. You can you can buy it on credit. You can. I'll bet that company will give it to you at 2% financing. So you paid off through time. That's a ridiculous thing to say. But uh, there was such demand at this restaurant yesterday that um, so many people wanted to go in and get a burger that was made by Flip, Flippy the Burger Flipping Robot um, that they are, they're shutting it down for the weekend, some sort of maintenance issue. I don't know if it accidentally grabbed a customer and yanked their hand off. Put <laughs> him on the grill. Oh, yeah. Fried <laughs> Press their head down on the grill. <laughs> Probably <laughs> accidentally fried up a child. Right. Not done yet. <laughs> yeah, it's wow. actually... It's it's kind of cool. It's more like an, a whole assembly line thing than just like you're picturing a robot that looks like a human. Sure, but um, it's it, automated it, burger cooker. Yeah, Flippy the robot. It's um, it's it's got a spatula and a camera, and it 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 it's got a way to figure out where the burger is on the big tray on the grill and find it. And after the exact amount of time, which would be way way better than any human being could ever do, flip all, each burger. After it's been on however many right. times. And it also uses, uh, it has equipped with thermal cameras, so it can actually tell the temperature yeah. of the meats and stuff. Perfect, yeah. So, uh, And this is, you know, Flippy. Flippy Mark III, which sure. is going to be available in 2022. Please, it'll be, you know, flawless. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Huh? I mean, there's no doubt about it. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Fast and Furious botched gun running operation back in the news. And what? more of the West Coast could be underwater sooner than expected. Stories coming up minutes from now. And coming up, social justice warriors at Portland State freak out over the claim that women lactate and men have penises. Awesome. Look forward to that story. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're doing an appearance tonight in San Diego, and um, we have a a surprise thing that has happened, but I guess we can't say it out loud. Really? Darn, that's too bad. I, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it because I want to. I want some. You know, like even hinting at it, I'll give it away. So you stay classy, San Diego. I better keep my <laughs> mouth shut. But it's going to be good for talking about tomorrow. You can't get into the event; it's sold out. Because why? Because we're, we're wildly popular. That's why. Um, or something. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Jack, it is back. The Justice Department is saying it will provide Congress with documents on the botched Fast and Furious gun-running operation. Fast and Furious? Are you doing classic talk radio now? Uh, Classic stories from the past? What about Whitewater? You'll remember back in 2012, Attorney General Eric Holder refused to produce certain documents and was cited for contempt of Congress. Right. 
Right, which really the beginning of the heyday of the government saying, no, you have no oversight over us. We'll cooperate when we want to. Right. Fast and Furious was an ATF operation. It was aimed at tracking sales of firearms to people suspected of having links to Mexican drug cartels. So it goes, the intel uh, uh, groups, uh, organizations in the U.S. would provide guns to people with ties with the cartels, and then they would track them, right? Well, that's not how it turned out. They went all over the place. Two of the weapons were linked to the murder of an Arizona Border Patrol agent named Brian Terry. So now the Justice Department has agreed to go ahead and produce those documents, and more investigations are being launched. I remember it was portrayed at the time. I don't know if it was more to it or not. I mean, kind of uh, Keystone Copish. Yes. Like, I thought you were tracking the guns. No, no, I thought you were tracking the guns. You mean we gave guns to bad guys, but nobody's tracking them? It would appear. Yeah, the accountability. The problem was either that it was as terrible as you described it and ridiculous, or that it was just a complete stonewall job, and they would answer no questions. So they they went with the ridiculous uh, explanation to cover up something more insidious. Right, right. So anyway, that investigation's back on. Meanwhile, President Trump could be signing an order to finalize his proposed steel and aluminum tariffs later today. He was treating, tweeting this morning, looking forward to 3.30 p.m. meeting today at the White House. That would be 12.30 Western. We have to protect and build our steel and aluminum industries. A group of over... Even at the cost of every other industry. It's tariff talk, everybody. A group of over 100 Republican congressmen expressing their deep concerns about the president's plans to enact tariffs that the White House has already been promoting. You know, my theory on this is that Trump is is going with the I'm crazy style of negotiating. The I'll do anything. I will do anything. I'll tear this up. I'll burn this house down. I'll do anything. So uh, let's start uh, doing uh, more reciprocal trade. You got tariffs on us all over the place. Let's talk about this, huh? Because I'll do anything. And he's going to try to, you know, get deals that are better. Because we do get screwed all over the world because we're such a titanic uh, economy. Meaning large, not sinking. Right. Um, (laughs) That we can put up with. I mean, if Singapore wants to get nutty with our, you know, mouse pelt imports, we just, it's not worth screwing up the trade. Mouse pelts? Mouse pelt coats are very hot in Singapore. (laughs) You wouldn't know this. You're not into fashion like me. But, uh, you know, it's just not worth making a big deal of because we're making so much money. But at some point, you're just getting screwed so many places that you got to say, all right, listen, that's enough. Now one It's con- got to be more reciprocal. Now, right? one congressperson was talking about uh, he, he figured it out last week and it would cost you an extra cent, a six-pack or something like right. that. It wasn't right. a hell of a lot. Others say that that's fuzzy math. I don't know. In terms of aluminum. All right, we've got uh, some. Yeah, in other words, a cent to six-pack is not a lot. All right. We've got another set of warnings. Warning about the San Francisco Bay Area could be underwater sooner than expected in a report. By professors at UC Berkeley and Arizona State University, the shrinking will increase the possible reach and damage of flooding in the region. The compacting of the land is being caused by groundwater pumping, which can deflate the ground above it. And obesity. Fat people squeezing the land down. Or the shrinking can... just science. (laughs) Or the shrinking can happen when landfill is used to create solid ground so that it can be built on, and then that compacts. Well, did you sure. see the map? I looked at the yes. map in the New York Times. A lot of towns you know of in the San Francisco Bay Area or yes. areas are going to be completely underwater, according to them. Right. Not that 
far in the future. It's it's uh, 2100, but it's 80, 90 years. But the thing is, this is going on faster than we expected. And so if you want to plan land use out over a couple of decades, say even 30 years, I you've got to take you've got to take all this into consideration. Uh, talk show host of the future. You'll be laughing at this prediction in the year 2100. So enjoy yourselves. It'll be the 1969. We'll be out of oil by 1984. Prediction, probably. Or we'll just pile more landfill on top. We'll be fine. The NBA is going to be reviewing a 2011 sexual assault charge against Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban in the investigation that led prosecutors to decide against pursuing the case in the first place. A Portland, Oregon newspaper reported a day earlier on the claim in which a woman accused Cuban of putting his hands down her pants and sexually assaulting her while they were taking a photo at a Portland nightclub. Cuban has denied the allegation. He provided prosecutors a report, or he provided a prosecutor's report that says there's no evidence to corroborate the complainant's statement, and there is evidence contradicting the claim. God, these, th- th- this sort of thing is so difficult. I mean, you, you're at a nightclub and people are drinking, and who knows what's going on, what the atmosphere was like before this. Well, just... and no corroborating, you know, evidence doesn't mean much. Well, they've got um, one. They, they apparently one of the newspapers talked to one guy who said, "Well, he saw he saw the the woman next to Cuban, and then all of a sudden she looked really distressed, and the whole mood in the room changed." And, I, yeah. I've got nothing. Well, I to, could believe it yeah. happened. Yeah, well, but yeah. there's certainly yeah. no nothing like proof. I've got nothing to go on with all of these, other than the guilty people seem to have a whole bunch of women come forward and say, "Yeah, he's that kind right. of person." And then you got Ryan Seacrest or Mark Cuban, where there's one. If right. you if you start ending up with a whole bunch of people, okay, that that's the way you've you've lived your life. And it's just hard to imagine that there are that many predators that prey one time in their lives. Right, right. And if somebody does, what should the penalty be? Yeah, if you did that one drunken, foolish time, yeah, I don't know. It's stupid I don't know. and it's rude and it's inexcusable. But you know. So we've heard the allegations. Who is the alligator, Marshall? <laughs> It's one of Joe's favorite jokes. Oh, yeah. You'll hear it till the day I retire. <laughs> Funny every time. Thank you, Michael. In these troubled times, don't we all need a smile? Yeah, it's like a comfort joke. It's like comfort right, food. exactly. Yeah. All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Here's our comfort animal. Mald eagle! The national bird. Yes. Freedom, my friends. Freedom. So what that was about, lactating and penises, you said? No, boy, this, uh, you know, subtlety is... Is not your greatest strength. There are no more social justice warriors than those at Portland State University. Just snowflakes on parade. You're not going to believe what you're about to hear. It's just so priceless. Maybe I'll get to some of those texts we got when I was talking about uh, Nerf guns that my kids got and how they look like AK-47s and does that mean anything and all that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody texted Michael, I got it. So somebody got one of your jokes I wasn't paying attention to. There you go. Your your genius is appreciated. Unlike, for instance, a Van Gogh, your genius is being appreciated in your lifetime. Right. 
Count your lucky stars, Michael. Also, unlike Van Gogh, Michelangelo has both ears. Right. That's another good point. So, uh, listen, there are certain enclaves of looney tuniness around the country, ranging from Austin, Texas, to Berserkly, California, to Portlandia, where much of the populace is completely unmoored from understanding how the world actually works and have embraced various utopian notions that, to my mind, are crazy. And within those enclaves, you go to the local colleges and you find uh, bizarre worldviews so odd that uh, Captain Kirk ought to go there and have Spock explain them. I mean, just nuts. And and Portland State is just crazyville. Uh, I happen to have this on pretty damn good authority. But at any rate, they, to their credit, hosted a talk with James Damore, who's the uh, gent from Google, who got, it was Google, right, who got fired yes. for circulating his memo about the differences between men and women, uh, asserting that the imbalance in, for instance, engineers is not I- entirely discriminatory, like, uh, you know, unfair discrimination. It's that more guys tend to be into this stuff than women and on average tend to do better. I read his entire memo. It wasn't nearly what it was purported to be in the press. It did overstate some stuff. I thought it was a little sloppy, so I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of this guy. But anyway, Portland State has a lecture on it where they have evolutionary biologists, Daymore himself, and a couple of questioners talking about this topic. And, um, and you'll hear uh, uh, the nice lady setting it up. And, um, oh, that's right. Sean has the audio at this point because we had to bleep it. And then uh, I think it's easy to follow, and I may let you know what's happening as it goes. Go ahead. I really recommend it to understand this. It's the idea that all of our traits, our characteristics, abilities, cognitive, psychological, behavioral, are learned from societal norms. The idea that there can be innate or biological or inherited differences are, are dismissed. And so we're in a position where if there is injustice or an imba- if there is an imbalance anywhere, a, a sort of an inequality of representation, the only explanation for that can be that there is societal injustice. All right, thanks. I appreciate that. So that, that leaves us wide open. Heather, you are an evolutionary biologist. What can we take from, from what Helen said to help us make sense of James's memo? James argues, accurately, that there are differences between men and women. This is a strange position to be in, to be arguing for something that is so (laughs) universally and widely accepted within biology. (laughs) What is not as widely accepted is that culture is also evolutionary, but I'm going to argue that biology and culture are both evolutionary. Let's look at differences between men and women that are explicitly anatomical and physiological. Are men taller than women on average? Does anyone take offense at that fact? Good one. <laughs> Are you irritated? There's so, always a standard. Yeah, somebody did. So I would say, you could be irritated by it. You could be irritated by the fact that women have to be the ones to gestate and lactate. You could be irritated by a lot of truths. Now the protesters are staging a walkout. Is a started a commotion is a response that Let's is... Let's pause it, Sean. Yeah, you got, you got it. You, so people are walking out already at yes, that, that, yes. Wi- that men are taller than women. And women gestate and lactate. They've heard enough of this hate speech <sighs> in Portland State. Wow, now you're you're already into Crazyville. Oh, yeah, and we've only just begun. <laughs> Let it roll. So I would say 
you could be irritated by it. You could be irritated by the fact that women have to be the ones to gestate and lactate. You could be irritated by a lot of truths. But taking offense is a, is a response that is rejection of reality. So men and women are different on height. They're different on muscle mass. They're different on where fat is deposited on our bodies, right? Our brains are also different. Okay. So there's some binaries. Security. An activist has sabotaged is, the sound this system is what on happens. her way out. Oh, did they shut off the volume? Can you hear? Can can everybody hear? should not listen to fascism. It should not be tolerated in civil society. Nazis are not welcome in civil society. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Please, cover the people! Thank you. This isn't real. This is from Portlandia. All right, well, we're going to raise our voices. The conversation's going to go on. Yes. And there, my friends, is your hope for the future. That's the vast majority of the students. I am definitely worth pointing out. Let, let me be crystal clear. Let, let me be crystal clear. People do not have the right to tell you what you can and cannot listen to. People do not have the right, fringe elements of society do not have the right to hold you hostage to discourse. This is a university. If we cannot have this conversation here, we can't have it anywhere. We have to be able to talk about it. No issues will solve themselves. That sort of behavior is unacceptable in civilized societies. And if that person is a student... More people are walking out, by the way. <laughs> so the, yeah. the, the, the fascists are not the ones who uh, believe in uh, unplugging the sound system so you can't hear a new idea. Actually, right. it's a very old idea. The fascist is the person who says men on average are taller than right. women and tend to gain their weight in their hips as right. opposed to their belly like women like men do. Right. And that's and, hilarious. Yeah, and the the fascist is the person saying I'm just telling you what's true as opposed to the person who violently uh, damages the sound system then yells That's full of s. Even the woman in there has been brainwashed into thinking that men on average are taller. That's how crazy these people are. <laughs> Don't let them cow you into anything <laughs> like sil silence or embarrassment or apologizing for your views when they call you a fascist, and they will call you a fascist. Trust me, I get called a fascist once a week. Laugh at it. When they call you a racist, if you're a racist, be proud and say, I'm a racist. And don't be a racist, by the way. But if you're not a racist, don't for a single second be cowed or embarrassed or set back by some dumb little snowflake calling a racist. Here, here's my coffee cup. Yeah, look, it's green and it's black. I really like it. It's got a good seal. Coffee cup, you're a racist. You should take it as seriously as my coffee cup does, please. Sean? Unless you are That's a racist, the the then you're a racist. What's that? That's the end of the video. No, I thought you had something to say. Oh, I, it's because oh. that's pretty. That's that's pretty funny stuff there. I mean, that is honestly. If you told me that as Fred Armisen yeah, from Portland, I'd have thought, oh, okay, that's pretty good parody of what's going on in the world. It was it was a, an auditorium. That I'm guessing 
probably close to about 100 people, maybe five. Less than 10 people were the total people that walked out and, and had that thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. a, a vast majority of people stayed, applauded when the, the, the speech yeah. continued. But those, oh, Which is man. good, which means, you know, that we're in no danger of losing this argument. But, except um, that the heckler's veto is a famous thing and has been for centuries because it only takes one. Well, the fact that there's anybody who exists in the country with that attitude just shocks me. So she wasn't arguing that men are better at math than women or are better cut out to be CEOs or anything like that. No, men on average are taller and and women tend to be the ones that have babies. Well, they hadn't even gotten to the controversial stuff, right? God, that's amazing. Little twit. Shut up. Get out. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.